Hi, I'm Lori. And I'm Kevin, and this is No Longer Ashamed. We are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And we're here to share with you that if you're a survivor, you don't have to be alone. Our logo is a salamander, and the reason is a fire salamander can survive a fire, and you have survived a fire. We want to help you with your journey to healing and hope. We are all survivors together, and we walk this journey together. And you are not alone. By telling our stories, we are hoping that you will have the courage to share in your stories as well and find your voice. Because stories are so important, and for so long, I know that I wouldn't tell my story. But when I finally shared my story, that's when I got my freedom. And this is our journey and your journey to healing and hope. So come with us. I listened to a podcast this week that just hit me between the eyes because we've talked a lot about a lot of the issues around abuse. Mm. And Mm. one of the things I felt like I had done a good job of was letting my walls down, you know, Uh, but I realize, as in any kind of recovery, it's circular. And so listening to this podcast, he was talking about God's love and how mm-hmm. we shut out God because we, we make this agreement with ourselves: I'm not going to get hurt again. Yeah. And with all the brain work I do, I know that our mind can change our brain. And so if we're saying, I am not going to get hurt again, then our brain goes into the amygdala and the self-protection. So every time it looks right, every time it looks like we might get hurt, it overreacts. And I felt like I had done a lot of work on that. But this week, I just, when I heard that podcast, I really had to do some self-reflection and realize, I mean, I always kid you and Charnel, I'm like, how come I'm not dating? I'm like, is there something really wrong with me? And then just side note, I'm on a dating site, but I haven't paid yet. So I had a notice. So I went and looked. It was Santa Claus. (laughs) He had a Santa hat and a Santa suit, the big beard. And I'm like, holy crap, no. Anyways, but I realized. Well, you know, Christmas will always be fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All year long. Well, yeah, except for Mrs. Claus. (laughs) So, but what what it it really made me realize is that I like my life. I'm really happy in my life. And there's part of me that doesn't want any more grief. And I don't want to shut myself off to love in any way, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you love, you're going to get hurt right? When you choose to love, you are going to get hurt. When, when you, you love your kids, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. When you choose to open yourself up, you're making yourself vulnerable. Right. And in order to do that, you have to take the walls down. Right. And in my situation, it's a little convoluted because my dad loved me. Mm-hmm. He loved me wrong. Yeah. He loved me wrong. And so I didn't I, it took me a long time to really understand what correct love is. What real love is. Yeah. And so I've done so much work, but it just goes to show that it's circular and it's layers. And so this week, I really, really tried to focus on where do I have my walls up and see with COVID. Yeah. I'm home. I don't have to talk to anyone. I don't have to go anywhere on weekends. And it would be really easy to just be okay with that. And I think it is okay to a point, but when you're doing it to avoid any kind of relationship, 
because you don't want to get hurt. That's where the danger is. But we we tell ourselves, one, I'm never going to get hurt again. I'm never going to trust a man again. Mm-hmm. All men are horrible. Mm-hmm. We we make these announcements and they become commandments in our life. Yeah. Because our brain believes them. And so it's taking a minute to look at what are those things. And a good example of that is when kids are little, what does the mom say when they when they haven't eaten dinner? Kids are starving in China, right? Yeah. And so we grow up and we eat everything on our plate, even if we're done, because kids are starving in China, which has that is that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. But we were told it, we accepted it. That's a life commandment that we have to break and say, you know what, even if kids are starving in our country, in any country, I still don't have to eat everything on my plate. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the thing about walls is we don't realize we have them. No. Because we're so used to them. It's something where we put up there because that's how we protect ourselves when we're young. Mm -hmm. And so we put up these walls and they work. They work perfectly. And they work for the most part. And then when we want to be vulnerable, we have to tear down the walls, but we only tear down the walls that we're comfortable with. And we keep those other walls up because those are the ones that we really, that are really important to us. And, but the problem is the longer those walls stay up, the, the more the harder it is to tear them down. They're, right. they're, they become more solid the longer they're there. So and... they become like habit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this saying that whatever is familiar, we go to. And so these mm-hmm. walls have been a very familiar and helpful protection. And in the Bible, in Corinthians, it says, when I was a child, I acted as a child. And then when I was older, I had to let go of that. And so the things that protected us as children yeah. don't work as adults. adults. But we don't know that because they're so familiar, we don't let go of them. And so part of what I realized this week, part of letting go of those walls and letting them crumble is to make that vulnerable, oh my gosh, there's not a wall here and I feel really vulnerable, is start to make that the familiar because then I will go there. So it's been a conscious choice in when I'm talking to people is to say, my heart is open and I'm willing to you know, be vulnerable, be a friend. I'm not going to check out or uh, assume that they mean anything that would affect me, right? Because we get defensive when we have walls up. So what are some of the walls that surprised you this week? So I was just telling your wife, because I live alone, I don't say these things, right? I'll listen to a podcast. I'll be like, wow, that's amazing. And I'll think about it and I'll do the work. But one thing that it's kind of embarrassing, but I'm going to say it is I don't want someone in my life that's going to tell me I'm doing things wrong. Mm -hmm. Or why are you doing that? It's like, I'm an adult. I do what I do. It's not that I think I'm perfect. No. But I don't want to be questioned. I want to be loved. And I think that I have this idea. First of all, it's been hard for me to accept that I am loved by God. That's been a process. And then I had to learn to love myself. Mm -hmm. But there's that part of me that's like somebody new in my life. I don't know if they'll just love me and accept me. And so I'd rather tell myself this story that it's just easier to be alone than have somebody come in and say, why do you make coffee like that? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, which feels judgmental. But what that reflects back is my insecurity, not that a person is really being judgmental. It's it's that I have to let go of those insecurities that somebody might judge me. I mean, it's I've written this whole story that's not even true. Yeah. 
Well, and and even tonight when Charnel was talking about the dinner she was making tonight, she kept acting like I was being critical or judgmental of it. And so my side of the story that I remember is I was curious and I wanted to know what she was doing because she always does these creative things. She's so creative. And she's amazing at just coming up with stuff and doing it that I am probably the most boring cook on (laughs) earth. And I have no idea how I would just come up with something from so, the stuff we have at our house. I would I, I would look at it and I'd just go out and mm-hmm. get a frozen pizza because that's too much work to try and make something out of what we have. And so, but I understand she feels judged when I ask her, what are you doing? What are you making? What is yeah. this? And And that's not my intent. But when you're used to having judgment in your life or Mm -hmm. having people that are critical then you automatically assume that that's their intent is they're going to be critical of what you're doing or they're going to want to question why you're doing it or what you're doing right why are you doing it that way and that is that is hard but it's You know, it goes back to language, too, though, because I'm Mm -hmm. seeing two sides of this. One is I see myself doing that because of my, you know, insecurity. But also when people say, why are you doing that? It's automatically, I I teach this in my class. And again, it's like we want to ask questions and we want to be curious, but also... There's judgment attached to why. Exactly. Yeah. And I never said why. I always, I I said, what's, what are you making? What's, what is this? And, Mm -hmm. but I know, um, we all have walls. I, I get them too. I, um, I think we're generally blind to them because until we come to these points of, of, you know, you can't go past this. Mm-hmm. You can't, you just, that's my wall. You're, you know, I'm keeping you out of there. And the older we get, the more we hold on to oh, it. Oh, yeah. And I I don't know if, given that I haven't really considered it, I don't know what I would call my walls right now. Um, That's a tough one because mm-hmm. I know I have them. I know they're there. I know there's things that, and I think it's, you know, you recognize when your button's being pushed. And... Oh, part of it is what happened today with one of my bosses calling me and asking me about what happened at work while I was driving the van and Charnel got all upset and I'm going, yeah, it's, don't worry, it's, it's not a good thing, but it's not that bad, but she doesn't always believe me or trust me about that. And she tends to magnify things. So do you minimize things? I tend to minimize, yeah. yes. I do tend to minimize, mm-hmm. and I think that's how I... That's interesting, yeah. I take the focus off of me mm. by minimizing. Right. And I know that's one of my... And it's actually a family thing. You could yeah. ask her now. Our whole family is minimizers. Yeah. We, we Like when you know we think something's wrong with our dog, I'm like, oh... It's not a big deal. Yeah. We'll wait and see. And she's like, no, we got to take him to the vet right now. And yeah. so we go back and forth. 
And, you know, I, I don't know if that's like a man thing, because I know one of my frustrating things when I was married was it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Everything, it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we look at these new movements, the Me Too, we look at, you know, kids that have, when I was a little kid, I think I told the story at Christmas, I uh, stepped on a tack. Did I tell you this? Yeah, story? yeah. And, and it's like, they're like, oh, go play, go yeah, play. And it's so, no big deal. you know, I think one of the biggest things is being seen and heard is so important but are we allowing people to see us and hear us? Mm -hmm. And when I, when I, it's interesting that you say minimizing, cause that's something I kind of do too. It's like, oh, we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And part of my thing too is I'm a dreamer. And I believe in big things. And I believe that if you look at your checkbook, you're never going to make some moves that you might might make if you just believe. Mm -hmm. Right. But then where's that fine line of fantasy, you know? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'm like, is it because I'm a dreamer? But I'm, I make things happen. Yeah. You know, but still there there's just that fine line. And I think it's so individual. And I think it's really helpful to look at that. And like you, you know, just looking at it, it's like. That's how we, that's how we get better when we continue to reflect. And my, you know, Dr. Caroline Leaf, who I love, she says, we have to learn and grow. We have to learn every day, read something, do something that stretches us because that's how we keep our brain active and productive and healthy. And getting stuck in these stories we tell ourselves, we become those bitter old people you see in nursing homes. <laughs> yeah. And I think when we look at our walls and we try and tear them down a little bit, you're able to grow past those walls. I know being vulnerable is not easy for a man. Um, it's one of the hardest things possible for a man. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, it's probably one of the healthier things we can do because it's how you actually get help. It's how you actually get healing is being vulnerable, is to go to that place where we're hurt. And that's why we have these walls. Mm -hmm. I know for me, having walls minimizing is a way of denying the pain, denying the hurt that happened to me or that yeah. is happening. Or feeling like you're in control. Yeah. So by minimizing, I'm controlling that. But if we allow ourselves to feel it, if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, then we can realize, hey, this hurts. This isn't easy. This, yeah. this is scary. This is tough. Yeah. And realize that that's where we can find the healing is by taking care of that. By, by being vulnerable, by being exposed, you're also addressing what it is that's making you feel vulnerable or being exposed. What occurred to me when you said taking our walls down, I thought I thought about, you know, they say when um, prisoners of war, when they were finally freed, they couldn't walk out of the cells. Have you heard this? Mm -mm. Yeah, when they because they were prisoners for so long when the door was open, they didn't. It wasn't like you think they would just run out and be hallelujah, kicking their heels up, I'm free. But they had been, you know, imprisoned and victimized for so long that they were afraid to walk out that door. That's all they knew. Yeah. And so I think about that when we think about as victims, you know, you don't, maybe you don't want to crash those walls. Maybe you want to just pound out a little area for a window, yeah. a little area for a door, right? Yeah. And that we just find little ways to start letting things in. And like yeah. something happened this week. A uh, situation where I teach a coach training um, thing and I work with some volunteers. Well, somehow another organization thought that that was stepping on their toes. And so they, you know, approached me about it. And 
I handled it very well. I didn't get defensive, but I also realized that gossip is such a horrible thing. Mm -hmm. And so people were gossiping and saying that maybe I was doing something I wasn't, which I wasn't. And it all got cleared up. But normally in that place, I would go to this place of, oh, I'm so bad. Oh, I didn't know. And it was like, no, I'm not doing anything wrong or unethical. It, it was a misunderstanding. And people said things out of line when you work in the recovery world. They're, they're new, yeah. newly recovered. So they're like teenagers, right? Yeah. And so anyway, but I, it, I think because I listened to that podcast first, that then when this came up, I didn't just put up my walls and go, mm, you know, too bad. I was like, oh, I can see what you think. And this is what I'm doing. If you have a problem with it, I'll be happy to step back. And they're like, oh, no, no. But in the past, I would have been like, I wouldn't have responded defensively because I've learned not to, but I would have been defensive. Mm -hmm. And so I think that to me, that felt like a little bit of self-growth. And then I wanted to celebrate that because that was a step. Yeah. I don't know how, how to recognize our walls. That's that's where I'm coming up with the... Uh... Mm -hmm. issue is I think you, when you're defensive yeah when you when you feel defensive that's definitely a wall mm -hmm. and so how do you recognize what that wall is it's like okay I'm feeling vulnerable here why is that exactly and that's exactly it. it's like when I used to just get defensive I was just mad but then when I started recognizing that defense meant a wall then I could go okay I'm defensive and like the whole thing, one finger pointing out, three pointing back, mm -hmm. where you actually take a minute and self-reflect, right? It's so easy to not deal with it and keep going, but to take a minute and go, what is this about? Mm -hmm. And our inner self knows. Mm -hmm. And if we need a counselor, then we talk to our counselor about it. But when we feel that defense, we're feeling threatened. And we're feeling either judged or unloved. And because we believe that about ourselves, yeah. we sink right into it. But yeah. as we get more self-love, then we don't believe that. It's like if someone said, hey, Kevin, your hair's blue, you would just laugh. But if I said, hey, Kevin, you're a jerk, you might be like, oh Wait. my gosh, am I? I think I am. I don't know, right? Yeah. Because we have beliefs about ourselves that because we've been victimized and told that we're no good. So it basically, when something starts beating up on our ego you know what we think of ourself mm -hmm. what we how we view ourself which is our viewpoint of ourself is our ego that's that's <laughs> you know our yep. our self-perspective then you know when something starts attacking our viewpoint of ourself then we gotta put up that wall to keep it from to yeah. keep the defense up but then if we start tearing down those walls we have to look at the part of ourselves that are vulnerable, that are, are being attacked. And why are they being attacked? Yeah. What, what causes that, that sense of defensiveness? Right. What is it that's hurting? And when we're so shut down, then we just hurt and we react. But as we start to get well, we go, oh, they're questioning my integrity, right? And mm -hmm. I know I have integrity. So it's like, but if somebody is saying... So for me, growing up, my mom couldn't stand the way I loaded the dishwasher and she was always like mad at me. And so then I'm scared to even try because I can't ever do anything right. And so then that kind of thing stays with you. Yeah. So it's like if somebody's questioning what you're doing, then all of a sudden I'm like, see, I can't do anything right. So it's not really about them. It's about me and what I believe about myself. But if I stop and go, yeah, no, I do things right. Yeah. 
right? It's, it's taken that minute to start turning that language around and it's hard work. I'll be the first to tell you it is hard work, but I don't want to live in a defensive way. Yeah. Well, and we're taught a lot of things about ourselves that aren't true. And because of that, we have these walls. Mm-hmm. We're, we're taught that, you know, there's all these things wrong with us, mm-hmm. that we're wrong, we're bad. Yeah. There's things that, and in order to survive, we basically counter that by saying, no, I'm not going to let anyone say that about me. I'm not going to let anyone know that about me. Yeah. So if we feel like there's something really wrong with us, mm-hmm. we're not going to let anyone else know about that because right. that would break down our facade. Right. So which is the vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. So it, there's so many different levels to these walls because there's the part that we're taught and there's also the part that we learned about ourselves that we don't want anyone else to know. Right. So and if you were teased or bullied. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a struggle. It um, is. And see, this is the thing. is like we don't have it all figured out. We're just, we just want to put it out there and start a conversation. Yeah. Because if it's what you're struggling with, go to our Facebook page. Tell us. Let us know. We're not counselors. We've been through help. I'm a coach. But we, we still are learning as we go. Oh, and yeah. it is a process. And so I have three adopted foster kids, uh, yeah. grandchildren. And in one particular one, I see such a resistance. I, I see myself. Mm. And it hurts my heart. And I know this sweet little thing, things happen to her that we have no idea. And when I see her now, you know, she's getting older, but that stuff from her childhood still makes her react defensive, even when she's being loved. And I feel like in a way that's God showing me. You know, that little girl part of me that's mm-hmm. like, uh, doesn't want anybody to know that anything's wrong with me and that I have this strong belief something is wrong with me. And yeah. the truth is there is nothing wrong with us. No, no, we have issues. We have stuff we got to deal with, but... But we're not wrong. We're, you know, there's, it's just stuff we got to deal with. Yeah. Everyone's got stuff, we, but I think, you know, I, and I've only, I've said this many times, I think survivors, when they do actually deal with their stuff, they start, you know, they go through therapy, they, you know, we become a lot more self-aware mm-hmm. than most people are. And in many ways, we're, we're a lot stronger, we're a lot yes. more capable because we know what our capabilities are, we know what our strengths are, we know, you know, so you, you have a lot more self-awareness because you're kind of forced to right. in order to get through this stuff. Yeah. You have to deal with it. So I like this one because I haven't really addressed it before or looked at it mm-hmm. this way before. But I think part of it is also like you were talking about your foster granddaughter. Looking back at her, it's also part of dealing with that inner child, the lost mm-hmm. kid, and realizing that last in order to support that lost kid, in order to help out that lost kid, you kind of have to tear down some of these walls that that kid put up because sometimes it's hard to reach back to that kid because we're so afraid of that little kid because it's scary back there. She didn't build walls with paper. We're talking bricks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so we have to break down and reach back and also support her in a way or hurt him in a way that that they don't need those walls anymore because they've put up those walls because they're scared. They're Mm -hmm. afraid 
of the world and yeah. you know the world's hurt them so we tear down those walls so we can build them up as far as not build up the walls but build up that that child right and i think when we say tear down the walls it's easy to think of like a demolition but i think it's brick by brick yeah and it's a little by a little yeah, yeah because it's too overwhelming but i think the big i don't know if dichotomy is the word but so we all want to be seen and heard that's mm-hmm. what we want mm-hmm. but yet when we've been victimized we're saying, don't see me, don't hear me. Yeah. You know, we want to hide, but we still want to be seen and heard. So that's the conflict going on. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, I wanted to be mostly invisible mm-hmm. for a good part of my life. And so being more visible was a really hard thing. I was used to just having a few friends, having a few people I was close with, and that was good enough. We're good at hiding. Yeah. And now it's more exposing the part of me that I think is worthwhile and realizing that I do have worth. Mm-hmm. And that that was a hard thing because when I wanted to be invisible, I felt like I didn't have worth. And that's why I wanted to hide because yeah. I didn't want people to know that I wasn't worthy. Yeah. So I thought if I just hid, no one would know how much of a, you know, a failure I was or, you know. So now it's more I realize I do have value and it's okay for people to see that to mm-hmm. see that in me. And that's one of those walls I think right. I tore down bit yeah. by bit was, okay, I do matter. Mm-hmm. There are good things about me. I, I do have value. I, I can do things well. I can be, you know, a good friend. I, you know, all these things that I didn't think I would ever be there. So I think the more we look at where we're defensive, where we feel something we don't ever want anyone else to know about us, something Mm -hmm. we really don't like about us. I think we have to realize, okay, that's that's not necessarily true, you know. That's where we can do some work and reflecting. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think, too, that um, as we recover little by little and are seen more, we... It's important for us, like you were telling me about your job, Kevin, it's important for us to recognize what we do and what we're good at to Mm -hmm. make a list. And I have my clients do this all the time. Write a list of everything. Like, you know, sometimes I'm in the radio station and I'm doing all this technical stuff and I'm editing all these podcasts and I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's pretty good, you know. (laughs) I'm uh, good at this. Yeah, and so it's taking the time to acknowledge what we are good at because there's something that says we need to be good at everything and we don't. No. And so if we're bad at something, if we know that we're good at other things, it's easier to let go of that and go, yeah, I suck at that. But I do this really well. Yeah. And and we all have our... The achievements we have, and we all have our failures, Mm -hmm. but that's just the way it is. It's not like you're going to be 100% great at everything. It just doesn't happen like that. But it's good to recognize what we're capable, what we do well, what we're comfortable with what we're not comfortable with mm-hmm. and why that is. And to be okay with, yeah. with what, you know, like you said, oh, I'm a boring cook. It's like, for me, I I was a clutter. You know, when I had the kids at home, I didn't want to spend a lot of time cleaning. We, we were busy playing. We lived on yeah. a farm. We had a 
lot of work to do. And I, I always struggle with so much shame about that. Well, now I don't have the farm and my house is clean because, you know, yeah. I'm not outside taking care of animals. But yeah. then I just lived in a lot of shame. And I wish mm. I could have recognized and said, hey, I'm putting my kids first. I'm teaching them responsibility. Yeah. And we may have a lot of piles of clutter around, but, you know, that's the way it's going to be here. <laughs> Yeah. We all, I think, do great at certain things at certain times. And I think for me, I like to hide for a long time. And I think that's why I never liked being on stage. I had stage fright. I didn't like anything related to being seen um, except for show and tell. Oh. In grade school. Really? And that was because I always had little pets, little critters that I would collect. And for some reason, I'd like to share that. I, I think if my life had gone the way without any chaos or crises, or, I would have been a zoologist mm. because I loved animals, all animals, anything living, you mm -hmm. know, critters of all kinds. And so... The one thing I loved doing in class when I was in grade school was bringing in whatever critter I happened to have at the time. <laughs> but it wasn't about me. It was about those, those whatever I had. Mm -hmm. Like but, what did you have? Like lizards, chameleons? Oh, lizards, salamanders, frogs, tortoise. I had a tortoise for a while. I brought in black widow spiders. That did not go over well. Um, snakes. Always had snakes. Well when I could. Um, yeah, I, you know, whatever I could catch when I was younger, I would... Did you catch the Black Widow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were um, living in the crawl space of the house next door. We we knew what their um, spider webs looked like. They looked like a big um, funnel thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they looked like this big mess. They did not look like a typical spider web you see. They looked like this big, weird... And, um, did yeah. You, did you hold it? No. <laughs> No, I knew better than that. We caught them with jars, um, me and my neighbor friend. And uh, actually, I don't think he ever caught one. I think I was the one always catching them. I had them a few times. And it was cool because you could see the hourglass, yeah. the red hourglass. And <laughs> Gives me the willies. My teacher didn't appreciate that Definitely. much. So that was the one and only time I brought Black Widow to class. Yeah. Um, it was cool, though. Um, <laughs> Isn't it interesting, though, how, you know, the hiding just comes so natural mm -hmm. and because uh, that's what I did. I hid. But then I I wanted attention, too. So it was really hard. And no wonder we get so confused and so mm -hmm. frustrated. And so I, I think that it's a work in progress and that we're, you know, dismantling brick by brick. And this week, I feel like I got rid of a, a couple more bricks, maybe, mm -hmm. because I, I recognized it first. And that's, you know, that's half the battle is to say, wow, I've still got some barriers up. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you brought it up, I, I'm looking for where that is in my life. I think I do have some work. <laughs> <laughs> I've come a long way. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be doing this if I hadn't, <laughs> frankly. Sure. But it's a work. And I think it's vulnerability, mm -hmm. you know, allowing yourself. I think that's one of the hardest things 
for survivors and especially for male survivors is allowing yourself to be vulnerable and realizing that there is growth and healing there. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you're doing it safely and, it, you know, not not putting yourself out there to get hurt. Right. But, you know, work with a counselor or talk it out with a friend or journal, but get it out of your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for men, it's mostly allowing someone to know the part of you that is maybe you consider weak mm. or, yeah, weak or... And what's so interesting is the Bible says, where you are weak, I am strong. Yeah. So all of these things we can let go of if we have God in our life. Yeah, I think um, that was one of the biggest changes in my life was knowing that the strength didn't come from me. Mm-hmm. And that changed a lot. Yeah. That changed most of my viewpoint of my whole life was, oh, I didn't have to be the one that was strong. Mm -hmm. And for men, that's... Yeah, that's a hard one. But there is is strength in that. There is is great strength in being vulnerable. It's like it doesn't make sense. And so that kid part of us is like, i got to be tough. But the adult part goes, oh, we don't have to, but so we have to undo. And I think that's what we spend a lot of our adult life undoing. And I would challenge you like... Like Kevin said today, you know, hmm, what are what are my walls? What are some things yeah. I'm putting up? And and take a look at it. Share it with us on our Facebook page, or call a friend, and you know, work work on this with us because it is it's something that we're just gonna things are gonna keep showing yeah. up. This is new to me, yeah, actually, and it's not necessarily new because I know I've I've worked on this, I've I've mm-hmm. dealt with this, but thinking about now in a different way, um, yeah. you know, where am I afraid to be vulnerable? I think that's that's where I'm looking at Does it right now. Does something come up for you yet? I don't know yet. It hasn't hit me yet. Yeah. I know there are places. I know they're there. Yeah. But where am I afraid to be vulnerable? That's a great um, question. When I'm not able to fix stuff, mm. that drives me nuts. You know, when when there's something goes wrong and I can't deal with it, I can't fix it, and... I feel like I should be able to. And there's that should. Yeah. And so then what what happens? You're bad. Is that what what the message is? I'm a failure. Yeah. Which is not true. But I feel like I should be able to fix stuff. Right. And also when when Charnel, when she's not happy, when she's struggling, when things are hard for her, I feel like I should be able to fix her. Oh, and, oh and, that's a whole nother podcast. Well, not and, your job. <laughs> but that it feels like my yeah. job and I feel like I'm a failure when mm. she's struggling, when she's when things are hard for her, I feel like I'm I should be making it good for her. I sh- you know that I yeah. should be the one that takes care of her and makes it okay. So how do you turn that around and let go of that? I mean, if that's what's happening, right? Because you know it's a should. I haven't a which clue. I have no hard. idea. It, it still affects me. Well, I, that still affects me. There's when... a saying with um, drug, with alcohol and drugs. I didn't cause it. I can't change them. And I can't cure them. Mm. And so it's like sometimes we're trying to take on something that's not our responsibility. And so you've got this big should, and should is a red flag. Mm-hmm. 
So it'll be interesting. Just think about that this week. And, you know, how do we let go of that should? I should be able to fix this because that's a lie from the enemy. Yeah. That is a lie from the enemy saying we should be something we're not. And we are not the fixer of people's problems. It's not our job. And that's when I teach my coaching is so hard because when people share, the other people want to kind of tell them what to do. They want to fix it. They want to, and it's Mm -hmm. like, that's not our job. Our job is to listen. And so, you know, I see that that's where I struggle when I can't figure something out because I'm single. If I can't open a jar of pickles, holy crap, I am so pissed. I should be (laughs) able to open it. Last thing I want to do is go knock on my neighbor's door and say, but still that's where I feel weak and like, you know, I'm not enough. And we have to live in that we are enough, not good enough. We are enough. And so when we're feeling like we're not enough, then that's that victim. And you know what? It's almost time for us to wrap up. And you know why I know that? What do you smell? Dinner. I smell brownies. Yeah. You smell brownies? Oh, yeah. Dessert. (laughs) Like, ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It must be time. Right. Well, this week, journal. If this has really hit you, journal. Go to our Facebook page and tell us. Yeah. And let's, uh, next week, I think we're talking with with, uh, a nice gentleman named Hampton. Hampton. Uh, But let's pick this up again. Yeah. Let's pick this up again and talk about it some more because it's powerful. And we want to keep growing and learning, right? We're in this together. Let's look at where we found our walls Mm -hmm. next time because I've got walls. I just didn't think about them before. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be mad at me. (laughs) Caught me by surprise tonight. That's called the inquiry when you ask a question that you don't answer right away that you keep you know, you ponder all week. So the inquiry mm-hmm. is, where, what are my walls? Mm-hmm. So just think on that this week and we'll come back to this probably the week after next or maybe a few more weeks. But weeks. Yeah, yeah, reach out on our Facebook page and we always take time to pray. So if that's not your thing, you can push stop now. Otherwise, <laughs> we're going to take a minute and pray about Kevin's walls. <laughs> <laughs> there. They're like Jericho. They're going to come down. You're going to see the neighbors with horns. <laughs> Blasting around the neighborhood and all the walls will come down. Kevin, drop your walls. <laughs> so that's it for today. We are going to have a prayer time if you want to stick with us. If not, we believe in you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. If you like this podcast, please rate and review Because that's how other people can find us. And we really want to spread this message. Oh, Father, thank (laughs) you for your sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And also just for being there when we need you, Father, especially when we are feeling vulnerable Mm -hmm. and we are feeling like we're not enough. Um, Thank you for letting us know that you are enough and Mm -hmm. you want us to know that we are good enough, that we are enough, that we we are all you want. And uh, you want us to be all there, not put up walls, not hide from you, but to be completely there for you, Lord. And I just thank you for loving all of us in spite of ourselves, in spite of us not loving all of us. Lord, I just thank you that You love everything about us, even though we don't necessarily love everything about ourselves, (laughs) Lord. And I pray that you would help those that are listening to feel your love, feel your grace in their lives, and to 
feel that they are accepted and they don't have to put up walls against you, that they don't need to put up barriers or hide their hearts from you, Lord, that you want to know their hearts and know all of them. And Father, I just pray that you would help them to feel accepted by you in your name. Father, I just thank you that you love us. And Lord, this week in my struggles, realizing that I've still got walls and still got defenses, that um, your grace is sufficient, Lord, and that I realize um, where I can start to let go of some of those things and be willing to be seen. And Lord, it, it is a journey and a struggle, but thank you. Thank you that in our weakness, you are strong. And Lord, um, many of us maybe experienced love differently as children, and so we don't really get what it is. And um, so help to help us to see what your love really is, what your caring really is. Like walking through all this crap and, and getting well is so hard, but yet that's love because our life gets better and we love better when we uh, work through this. So Lord, thank you for the opportunity to grow and to learn. And thank you that you are our strength. And I just pray for healing this week. I pray for revelations. I pray for people to find people they can talk with and um, continue the work and the growth, Lord, because um, that's doing it together is what it's all about. And mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to meet with these people, even though it's, uh, you know, um, a recording. Uh, it's still a community, Lord. We we need each other to mm -hmm. work through this. And I thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. And as we ponder this week, what our walls are, that you will, um, you're always gracious, but that you will reveal to us the things that uh, we can begin to let go of and the uh, bricks we can get rid of, Lord. And thank you for your grace and your mercy and that you do give it to us little by little. You never give it to it, us all at once in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen.